Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. Whether changing strings, setting up your guitar, or detailing every inch of your gear, Music Nomad products are designed and engineered to be their best in class. From top to bottom, each product is so well thought out that it's clear their passion for guitar care is unmatched. With over 100 industry-leading products, it's hard to talk about them all, but some of the favourites are their 100% natural fretboard oil that cleans and conditions your fingerboard like no other, their guitar tech tool sets that can adjust just about anything on a guitar, string changing tools that make changing strings a breeze and actually fun, and they demystified the guitar setup process by developing their new innovative Keep It Simple Setup, aka KISS for guitar setups. Their KISS precision gauge toolset comes with easy to follow instructions and many how-to videos anyone can follow to set up their guitar to play and sound great. And last but not least, their recent introduction of a game-changing fret care tool line, which takes fret care to the next level. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is about around Music Nomad, as they truly are redefining and raising the bar in equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media with at Music Nomad Care. So, JD... Um. This this week, and I, I did mention this on the Katana's group on Facebook, but um, uh, we have been sent a, a joke book um, by Matt Park, a friend of the podcast, great bass player, and he has sent us uh, this joke book, which is a dad joke a day, and it has jokes actually listed in calendar format, so I will always now have a joke for the specific day that we are recording the podcast. Today, actually, we're recording a bit early this this week, aren't we, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the 3rd. So we're going to go for the 3rd of September's joke. Prepare yourself, JD. All right. Ready. Pre- prepare yourself, dear listener. Here we go. These, they're all golden. These ones are great. Okay. <clears throat> how can you tell if a vampire has a cold? I don't know how. He starts coughing. Oh, yeah.
Hello, dear listener. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Brandon, joined this week by J.D. Short. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello, J.D. Yeah, this book is uh, absolutely fantastic. Like, if we'd been recording yesterday, we'd have got this one. How does a scientist freshen her breath? Oh, I don't know. How, how, how does that happen? With experiments. Oh, great. Really strong. I'm glad we recorded today. I like I like today's. That was yes, good. today's was Coffee. strong. I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking good. forward to I'm looking forward to you know all of the rest of this year's podcast intros. I don't have to rely on you anymore, dear listener, <laughs> sending me in often pretty lame duck jokes. I'll be honest. The uh, it was slim pickings for a while. Plus, the thing is, like, there's many years of this because you know next year. Every typically record on the same days, we're going to get different jokes. Ah, of course. So next year it would be like the fourth or this, fifth that we record. It'll be great. This book has probably got five years in it. That's yeah, great. I, I mean, it's probably the thing we'll keep the longest. You know, <laughs> it's like all these new pedals, these new guitars we have, they're, they're going to be shifted. This <laughs> book will outlast them all. They definitely, they are. I, I'm, I am looking forward to, I'm still, I'm getting closer to doing my big guitar pedals and amplifier sell off like it's it's going to be huge but i can't i can't just i can't do it in my spare time i need to like book a couple of days off of work yeah. and take loads of photos get all those listings there's so you know, much stuff like things i forget about yeah i i've got so much stuff and i got rid of loads of stuff when i moved and also it's not like i stopped acquiring stuff but there's just so many things i was like you know i i would like for this to go to somebody else but also i quite like having stuff so that's tough your your reduction in gear was obviously substantial but you still managed to keep a lot like uh the 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 office room that you're uh that that you record from because you live in this lovely sort of cottagey style um building yeah, it's like a terraced house yeah, yeah but it's, yeah. it's like a cottagey terraced house yeah, yeah. um it, it really lovely and what a random thing to have bang in the middle of london sort of thing yeah. so it's uh it's it's very unusual but of course in that true cottagey style dear listener especially if you're from the uk you'll know what we mean everything although it is almost as if people were substantially smaller mm. um mm. Uh, whenever it was built because all the rooms are very small in the office that you have um, if it's a if it's a desk in and and you, yeah. um, and you know a few other things around you, but that's roughly it. Like you couldn't get a bed in there. You no, know? it's uh, it's it's an it's an office room. It's a study. It's a small study. Yeah. Yet you've managed to get in not only your desk with monitors, rack mm-hmm. mount interfaces, and uh, and all the rest. You've got uh, a, you've got pedal shelves. Fine, you know that's in the corner. Yeah. You've managed to get a Nord stage in there. Guitars yeah. on every wall. The Fenton Wild, which is the yeah. that that sort of British version of a Ampeg B fifteen amplifier. And until recently, until you lent it to me, a double bass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least it was an electric double bass, you know, electric <laughs> yeah. upright. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just you just have to know how to use space a bit. I mean, there's there's more stuff in here too. Like I have an old Marshall keyboard amp, um, which is the keyboard twelve, which is great. Uh, actually, really good clean tone on it. Um, there you go. That's a that's a hot tip if anyone's looking. Um, <laughs> they they come up for next to nothing every once in a while. Um, yeah, there's and also yeah, all my studio stuff. But I mean, the thing is, like, I sacrifice desk space to be able to get uh, rack mount. Like, I have a my desk has you know, was it twelve? Yeah, twelve slots. Um, 
racks in there now. And I think I have a new desk since you've been here because I wanted I wanted to reclaim a bit more space. So right. I have, it's it's taller and shallower than before. But yeah, there's there's loads of space, not much else. But you know, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm you know that's what I'm doing here. So. I'd uh, I'd quite like to get a desk that's got those built in areas for rack stuff. I'd have to start buying rack stuff, but that would be cool. It would be a new thing to purchase, you know, and it would feed that uh, that gear acquisition oh, syndrome. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, you know, it's once you start getting into studio gear, it's just you know we think guitars are bad, but it's you know it's like add a zero to everything. So it's yeah. the old the old adage of you know to get something twice as good, you have to you know add a zero. So you know a hundred dollar thing, something twice as good as a hundred dollar things, a thousand, a thousand to ten thousand, etc. Yeah, ugh. yeah. Whereas like it's more fun to be like, oh, I can have seventy two drives. Isn't this great? <laughs> Instead of like. How many ultra clean preamps do I have? Yeah, exactly. I just, uh, you know, I, th- I think uh, I've always got on so well with plugins, and I guess got lucky, mm. or 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 felt that I, I that the plugins were doing everything I need, whether they were or not. Certainly, I don't really get any complaints about the audio quality of any of my demos or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. and everything, you know, even the compressors are all digital i'm not using anything that's uh that's outboard gear i guess the the only posh thing i use actually for recording is um the focus right isa1 yeah um uh, it's it's such a great preamp yeah but that's that's it as long as you've got one you know there's yeah, just yeah. one it's just a check the isa1 dear listener if you've not you know checked it out it's very good it's basically just one channel from a neve desk that's it it's dead simple and it sounds very good yeah i yeah i mean i'll say this all the time i think I think all bass players should have one. And I think like, you know, even all guitar players in the same, just because you don't typically do DI guitar stuff. Yeah. But as you're saying with plugins and everything, it's like the the great thing about the ISA one is that you can record um you can record a like basically a DI and a mic channel at the same time. So it, it'll have the dual output. So if you mic a cabinet, you can record direct mic your mic cap your mic signal alt alt to separate tracks and it's basically it gives you all the flexibility you ever really need plus it sounds great so it is yeah, yeah. it is very good i actually um uh last week i've long term loaned it to a friend uh, who has a studio just because i felt like i i did as much as i absolutely love that piece of gear i wanted something that was uh, a bit more valvey um mm. so i'm gonna pick up haven't haven't quite yet i was bidding on a couple of them a universal audio solo 610 oh um, those are great too really nice they're dead simple dear listener again it's just like a it's a tube bike preamp but um because it's a tube mic preamp and you've got uh, like a gain control on there you can get some gorgeous like muffly tones i find i think it works especially well for bass but just lovely for getting something where all the your high ends rolled off a little bit everything sounds a little bit warm and vintage obviously terrible for versatility but mm. if everything you do which i think everything i do is kind of you know i want that sort of thing then it's the it's the perfect tool yeah. and not not rack mount it's just like a, a long cylinder uh, a bit like the ISA one, so it's uh, it's perfect for me because I end up putting stuff on top of my monitors, really, rather than racking them anyway. Yeah. yeah, those those UAs, those preamps are great. Like I've I've used them. They're sort of the ones that everyone had when you started doing DIY recording and things oh, like that. When you got they? like right. good, because they were the first sort of good preamps that you could get, right? That weren't they weren't some old. 
piece of kit that no one you know that was that was someone else's you know like rubbish at some point but (laughs) but they were just like ones you could buy new that were good that were vibey that just worked across the board um and they yeah, go for I mean, like 700 pounds, which yeah. I know that's a chunk of money, dear listener. But when we're talking, when you're talking about like high quality preamps, it is, as JD said, very much. Yeah. And, and the thing is like the, the thing that I find and like one of the reasons I like the ISA too, is that um, it's very clean, but it's got its own coloration. But when right. you stack it across, so if you're, if you're recording parts in sequence, so you're re- recording everything through that, it doesn't add to, so you don't get like a lot of buildup that you have to sort of manage over the course of 20 tracks where it's like, Oh, well, this all, all of this thing that I thought sounded really vibey now is too vibey because right. it's become yeah. a big pool. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, preamps great. I just checks. I'm staring at it now is my, uh, my, the valve preamp I have is there is I have the Alembic, uh, FX or F one X, um, preamp, which is basically just a bass preamp, but right. that's, frankly what i record with it of course yeah <laughs> so that's 90 like, percent of what you're yeah, gonna be doing yeah and um, you know my mics go through go through other preamps usually the isa one or you know something else if i'm just chucking it in or the, you know honestly the preamps on my interface are good enough if i'm not doing a proper lead vocal take and you know right. it's it's all totally fine um yeah yeah that's yeah. it. A wreck here, everyone. <laughs> like, don't don't do it because you, you, it's it's a forever uh, forever expanding thing. It's yeah. why I haven't gotten into five hundred series or oh, Euro racks or it's just I I don't want to do slope. it. I don't want to do it. Slope. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Whilst we're uh, whilst we're actually talking about recording gear, sort of accidentally segues quite nicely. I wanted to talk about. I want to do like a little bit of housekeeping at the start of this week's episode, mm. dear listener. So we've got a few things on the go um, at the moment. I guess before I talk about the interface things, let's talk about Chap the Chapman Guitars competition. All of you, dear listener, if you haven't seen, I've mentioned it a couple of times. You can win a Chapman ML1X. It's a fantastic. Super Strat style guitar, Seymour Duncan loaded, HSS pickup configuration, um, a lovely modern trem system that works really well. The neck is great. Like it's not too, when I see Chapman stuff, I'm always worried that it's going to be too modern, but actually in feel and playability, it's, it, it has those modern things, but it feels very classic. The neck isn't too small and slim and uncomfortable. It's a great, guitar i think they're about 600 quid something like that you know it's a pretty it's a a pretty premium instrument it's the sort of thing that you could absolutely have as your main gigging guitar every day and i i really think the humbucker especially the seymour duncan humbucker on there sounds fantastic and you can win it dear listener all you've got to do is um tell chapman what your dream guitar uh would be they've got this little form that they've put together with us you just have to sort of answer a few um, multiple choice questions, sort of building your ideal guitar. The reason they're doing this is because they love to design things by committee. They love to know what people are looking for in a guitar. Um, And it it helps them inform their choices on their next run of instruments. So it's not that they're building something off the back of this. It's that they're taking them in. They're taking it all into consideration. They could well end up building something off the back of this. Um, but also what was really nice is, uh, Dan Orchard, who is, uh, the, I guess the marketing, the head of marketing for, um, Chapman, who is a, a, a lovely fellow. I've known him for years. Um, he's worked for a load of other, uh, guitar companies in his time. He's just really good at his job. Um, and, uh, 
uh, he he's been feeding me back all of the answers telling me like what's the most popular thing at the moment i did a little video on instagram that you should check out dear listener where i've i've read out what those answers were but it was really interesting to see what people had chosen um i think i can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it was now but it was definitely an offset in fact let's do it on the podcast because you know you, you you might not have seen it on the um on the on the instagram um let me find <laughs> man searches mm-hmm. through his emails on a podcast um, <laughs> great. Uh, if, uh, I, if only i had a copy of the dad joke book i could uh, <laughs> i could bam <laughs> that's what i need to get we need to i need yeah. to get one to every host so everyone, <laughs> yes. uh, everyone okay, well, with different but different jokes for different days that's what it'd be like yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is this is the spec that's been the most popular so far. I mean, this was four days ago, um, and hopefully there have been a load more responses um, since then uh, as well. But um, please make sure you enter, dear listener. But it looks like the most popular thing was uh, an HH offset. Now, I did kind of think offset would probably be the thing mm. that you guys would all go for, but an HH offset that sounds warm and vintage, it would be a one-color, semi-translucent gloss finish with a standard six-in-line headstock and a five-way pickup selector. So I guess you'd have to do some... Uh, uh, you'd have to do some uh, coil tapping things there with the five-way. Um, but it was really interesting to then like break down into... Uh, to drill down into the uh, some of those specifications a bit a bit further, like um, it was interesting to see that of the three most popular body shapes, um, Offset, Telecaster, and Stratocaster, S Type was the least popular, fourteen percent. And I kind of feel like we're in a Strat time at the moment. That feels like the most popular guitar to me at the moment, but. But least popular amongst everyone, like uh, uh, all of you, lot twenty nine percent said offset, nineteen said T type, um, and then on the neck pickup, it was virtually tied between a humbucker and a P ninety humbucker, winning by a single percent, twenty seven percent to twenty six percent. Single coil was not that far behind at twenty three percent, so that was very very hot content. Con- yeah, yeah exactly. hotly contested. Thank you. Contest. <laughs> we're both we're both of us are quite hungover, dear listeners. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm struggling. Yeah. Why did we do this on a Sunday? It's <laughs> such a bad idea. Um, the middle pickup. Sixty percent of you said no middle pickup. So uh, that, that's good. You know, um, bridge pickup. This one. Fifty six percent said humbucker. Runaway winner. Sixteen percent mm. on P ninety. Nowhere near. Thirteen percent on single coil. Absolutely dominating humbucker. And then, uh, yeah, there were some other things like gloss or matte finish was hotly contested as well. 55% to 45% uh, on matte, so not a lot in there. Um, And then on wood grain, uh, you wanted translucent colours. 55% of you, 34 said solid colour, no grain. So I I don't think of translucent colours as being especially popular, but they really dominated. And then uh, on on the color, going for one solid color, forty two percent people wanted one solid color. Only nineteen percent of people wanted a burst, um, mm. which was interesting. And then headstock six aside, one were, had thirty seven percent runaway winner. Um, trem only just one fifty six to forty four, having no trem. Um, and then uh, weirdly, oddly, forty one 
percent of people wanted a five-way blade rather than the three-way toggle at only 33 percent but it was interesting to see that that is amongst the guitar nerds listeners yeah um that's what we ended up with um I was, I was, there there are some prizes in there i i think i definitely I think we, you know we can all talk about our own takeaways <laughs> like <laughs> on the on the facebook group or someplace but like i i just yeah i mean offset i sort of expected it but i know which it's interesting because I know what you mean about like it feeling like a real like strat s s type time, but yeah. but also you know we are the guitar nerds, so yeah. we kind of <laughs> we kind of know more than most people. So you know that's it's why, we're definitely not. I'm worried that Chapman think they're getting some sort of great you know general demographic of people, but I feel that the guitar nerds listener is a is a very particular type of person with particular yeah. tastes. Yeah, um, but, but well, yeah. With the, Guitar Sorry, nerds listeners, oh yeah, guitar nerds listeners who also uh, fill out surveys. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. Actually, not that many of you have only four hundred so far, and considering there are something like fifty thousand of you, that's uh, that's yeah, that's, that's not a, a, a great contribution, dear listener. You should do it. Um, <laughs> but shame the... you into survey. <laughs> <laughs> I really did then. <laughs> yeah. like, this um, is a poor showing. Oh, you're making us look bad. Fill, fill out a survey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it would help me out, but it, that's. I don't know. You do, you, dear listener. Um, but um, uh, oh yes, yeah. Um, Strats Reverb Number One Best Selling Guitar something for like two years now was the uh, PRS Silver Sky, and and it was like all Strats in second and third place. On, uh, I appreciate that's just reverb sales, you know, not, not every, everywhere else, but and and it can get skewed there because it, it can be a case of like, well, maybe it's because everyone was selling Silver Skies, so there were loads yeah. more of them on reverb. Um, yeah. But but nonetheless, like bunch of strats in in the most sold guitars for the last two years, and then just nowhere to be seen on this. Here at Guitar Nerds, we're massive fans of Stringjoy guitar strings, and you should be too. Stringjoy, if you don't know, are the world's first true string custom shop. That's where they started with the idea to offer extremely high quality strings in all the funny gauges that you could possibly need. Shredders looking for a thicker bottom end, country players looking for extra twang, etc. But what they've become is something much more. Stringjoy realized that the standard that us players accept for string quality is pretty low. Manufacturers have been building cheaply and quickly for years, and we've just accepted that as par for the course. And most of us probably didn't really know any better. So Stringjoy moved into actual standard string gauge manufacture too, offering the same superior quality, craftsmanship, and attention to detail that they do with their custom sets. Their whole thing is to be the best, and not just to make the most. So I think they're well, well worth your time and interest. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. Yeah, it's, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if the Silver Skies are just really there because it's. Well, I'll make I'll make a comparison. You know how like. Like for me, my my father, for a hot moment, decided he wanted he wanted to start golfing, and he's like, "I think I'm just going to be I'm just going to start golfing." And then for years, everyone in the family just bought him golf stuff, even though he went <laughs> golfing like twice. And so I feel like the Silver Sky is the like, what what do we get, Dad? 
And then it's also one of those like it's probably the number one guitar for midlife crises. I would I would presume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, certainly with the introduction of the affordable one. Now you can have a midlife crisis and and not even have to spend, you know, yeah, grand on it. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's great. We everyone knows our feelings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we deliberately, even though it definitely should have got gear of the year, deliberately <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> I mean, all to electric guitar that all of us were pretty indifferent to, but uh, yeah. It's, but I mean, but that's the thing. It's like you can't get gear of the year if you're indifferent to something. And like, <laughs> th- there never, I mean, that never happens. There's always something that's exciting. Yeah. Even if it's a power supply. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we were uh, on the on the Patreon, um, inspired by Abe Matthews' post. When when JD and I finish this regular episode and we go over to the Patreon, we might talk a little bit about what our gear of the year picks are so far. Just completely yeah. off the list, just what's what's impressed us um, so far this year. Because to be honest, I haven't even started collating um, the list yet of what. Every year, I'm like, do this as you go, Joe. Because otherwise, <laughs> there's there's a whole twelve months of like press releases you have to go back through, and of course, every year I don't do it. This is this is a little too how the vegan sausage is made, I'd say. But I wonder if that's something. Maybe we, you know, for next year or something, we start thinking in like a monthly or quarterly that's Patreon episode of just like here, here's here's the things that we're going to put in it, and maybe those go into like brackets, oh yeah, or something like that, so that you get you get all the stuff from the first couple months because otherwise, you know, recency effect means so you know whatever the latest Chase Bliss thing is is the yeah. thing we're going to be excited about, but <laughs> but then there's this you know whole little bit where you're only you start off competing with you know like your own your own time frame instead or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, don't need to go into that, but that's that's an idea I just had that I shared with everybody. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, we'll discuss that on the on the Patreon our gear of the year so far. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, leading on from um, uh, interfaces and things like that, is obviously guitar nerds. We um, we use uh, Lewitt microphones uh, in general. Actually, JD isn't using one right now, but I, I really should send you one, JD. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I, I've I've almost purchase mini um but yeah so we'll talk about that off the pond <laughs> yeah so it's so <laughs> yeah. so yeah lewitt microphones they're absolutely fantastic dan pilver at lewitt microphones has been a podcast listener and a friend of the podcast for many years he's a cracking fella um and you know he supports a bunch of podcasts which is which is why you often see guitar podcasters with lewitt mics because they are so very good and he's got his finger on the pulse um of this sort of industry. So uh, we've spoken about their mics and how great they are in the past and what incredible value for money you get uh, against. Um, I guess they, they seem to r- roughly be at every, at every price point. They're about 200 quid less than competition that are putting out the same sort of quality, which is really good, but they're also fantastic mics. And over the next few weeks, um, I'm going to be doing some, uh, demos with my partner Emma um, because we've got a uh, she's got a new Lewitt LCT 640 I just had to check oh, the numbers yeah, on it yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic microphone that allows stereo recording it has like a second mini um, XLR out on it so that you can record both sides of the capsule at once which is very useful um, but 
it's a it's an am- amazing microphone for you know for less than a thousand pounds that's wonderful uh, a wonderful alternative to things like a, know, a tlm 103 stuff mm. like that like a, just a really great classic sounding vocal mic anyway that's something i'm going to do in the future but we are going to be also giving away um a a lewitt connect 6 which is their new interface which is very good. So it's a dual USB-C audio interface um, with uh, like a studio-grade preamps with 72 decibels of gain, which is very, very useful. Um, it has like an auto setup thing for voice and vocals and instruments, so it can listen to you and, and set some little DSP effects um, for like noise reduction and stuff like that, which is very useful for on-the-fly recording and just taking a step out of your editing process to be honest for podcasts and things like that and you can also it's got like great routing on it so you can connect a phone and things like that if you have someone calling in maybe on a on a podcast but it's great it looks fantastic and it works really well because they just have one large weighted knob rotary knob that controls everything and then you just press it to scroll through your monitor mixes, your mic gain levels and things like that. So it's it's kind of neat and minimal and it looks great and it is very good. It has great software that comes with it. I've been really impressed. Um, I've had one uh, for a couple of weeks now and been using it and it's really good. Uh, JD, you're getting one as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll be using those moving forward and we'll be giving one away. I'll work out exactly how I'm going to do that over the next week but i just want to let you know dear listener because you should check it out especially if you are thinking about getting an interface you know we're always promoting recording at home for guitar nerds getting your demo ideas down just a little bit better anything like that the connect six is just a a brilliant tool that will really help you be able to do that well so watch this space for that sorry this is the housekeeping uh, section Mm -hmm. of this podcast is going on a, a little longer and i want to let you know that next week we're finally starting the vintage pro shop competition so that's where each week uh me and whoever the podcast host is um we're going to be going through some options for a for our custom build from vintage now this one actually is being built by vintage so each week we'll give you a couple of options you can vote on them dear listener over the over the week leading up to the next podcast and then we'll announce the winner move on to the next part so we'll choose you know finish body shape pickups things like that we'll do a different bit each week until we end up with our inevitable homer um of a vintage pro shop guitar and they will build it for Mm. us and send it to us and then we can give it away to you guys so a, a bunch of giveaways basically coming up dear listener so uh watch this space i guess (laughs) and see what happens see what happens next now I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. JD and me want to talk about accessories. Um, That's a thing. We said we wanted to do that for ages, do a bit of a podcast all about accessories. Um, We want to talk through 
pedal boards, picks, cables, patch cables, power supplies, straps, tools. I've even done a category for other. I don't know what's going to be in there. And we're going to do cases and maybe strings as well. But we're going to work our way through all of those things and talk about some of our favorites and the things that we think you should be checking out. Because as it's been mentioned on the Facebook group when we've spoken about doing this, it's very easy to get caught up in the glamour and the glitz of effects, pedals and amps and guitars. But there are some... You know, you, you can let down your entire setup by using a, I don't know, like a Donna power supply. Yeah. You know? So uh, so it's important to make sure all your, the little things are covered as well. So we're going to talk through some of those. Should we start with pedal boards, JD? Yeah, let's do that, pedal boards. So we've spoken about this a little bit in the past. We, we went through some of our favorite pedal board options, but a brand that was a listener message to me recently and you and I, JD, have been taking a look at before we did this podcast, is Rolf Pedal Boards. Um, they are a, a Swiss pedal board company. I think they're Swiss. Yeah. Swiss. Um, and uh, they, they look absolutely fantastic. Dear list, you have to check them out. Rolf, R-O-L-F, rolfpedalboards.com. The website's amazing. Um, mm. How they divide up their pedal board options is really cool. And they're obviously they're bigger than I realized because they've got like this client list on their home page and it's it's got like Converge, Cult of Luna, uh, Mastodon, you know, so they're uh they you know, they've got big bands are already using their pedal boards, so they're obviously popular. I just <laughs> I guess yeah. such a pedal train. Uh, yeah, you know, I just default to pedal drain and and more recently mono pedal boards and the Boss pedal boards as well. And I, I don't tend to look at these things. I think, I mean, the thing with pedal board is, is I, I've well, both of us, like I also have several pedal trains and have done for well, basically since they came out, really, <laughs> so like probably nearly twenty years now. But it's. It's just so interesting because you you do that, and then I always kind of come back to pedal trains because they're they're so light, and and you know they're this one of the sturdiest things you can get. Plus, they're big, uh, they're big as in popular, and there's so many you know, like there's mounting kits and all the other stuff that kind of come with it. So you're sort of like into into an ecosystem that's great, but. The first thing I noticed about like Rolf and some of these other ones is that it just looks, it, they look cool. They look vibey. They look really, um, really useful. And there's so many new like rooting options and everything that you see on pedal board. Like pedal boards have definitely got more complex in the last, um, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. Let's say, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got a lot tidier, haven't they? It's even when you look back, I look back on some of like my pedal heroes you know, people mm. like juan Alderete and omar rodriguez Lopez. of course i'm going to cite those dear listener but mm. i look back on their pedal boards and their pedal boards are rubbish like yeah. uh, I, I was watching a video recently for for like juan was doing i mean it was obviously old an old video but it was him talking about a tour board that he was taking taking out for to, to some I can't remember. It was like a dub band or something like that that he was playing with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like Deltron or whatever. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, Deltron yeah. forty forty. Yeah, twenty twenty forty forty. I think. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. He was doing a video for those, and he had this two tier pedal board, and I was like, oh, what is that? And I started trying to search around <laughs> to find what it was. It was like an Amazon pedal board. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, that was it. They don't even come with cases or anything. It's just a board. I guess, you know, he's got to pack that into something else. It's, and it's just, everything's just connected in a line. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, uh, there's no switches or anything like that. No real cable tidying. It's all just, you know, whatever patch cables. There's no custom patch cables or anything like that. It's the sort of boards where the power supplies are on the top because, at that, you know, people hadn't thought to mount power supplies underneath the boards at that time. You know? Do a real slanted board or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I also, I mean, I also think about it because I, you know, there, there's one thing like pedal trains are great, you know, for, for gigging, for rehearsal and such, but they don't especially look nice. Right. And, yeah. you know, and, and the fact that I have pedals always set up at home as well you know i i sort of want something that that makes me like looking at it you know just to be like oh that's cool isn't it you know and it's like it's like yes it's about what's on the board but it's also it's just it's just i just want something well made something that looks nice something that's functional but i also don't want to just have something that's you know pretty and sort of unusable like i still like but so my general rule is like everything has to be gig worthy otherwise what's the point Really. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, totally. And it, it's I think one of the reasons I keep coming back to to pedal train often is that is the versatility and the simplicity of them. Like the slatted design works really well. I don't know the deal exactly with this, dear listener, but I might understand pedal train have in some way patented the idea of slatted pedal boards. So every other company has to find some sort of get around. I, I think there's something around that. I, I could be wrong. That could have just been something someone said to me at some point. But um, I feel like I feel like the the surely that's about to run out because I think those kinds of things are only like maybe 14 year like right, right. patents or something. So. Yeah, it, it's it, if it does exist, it hopefully it's it's something like that. But I do find that a lot of companies they they're always trying to do something different, and mm. I'm always like, why? This the slat I did just works. It, it allows you to tidy cables very easily. It means you can put pedals anywhere that are any size. Uh, it's just a, a better idea than anything else. So it, it, I often end up coming back to pedal yeah. train on account of that. But um, but coming back to Rolf pedal boards, yeah. um, the way they split out the different types of pedal boards is fantastic, dear listener. They don't have you know, you know you're not buying I don't know with pedal train do like the Juno, the Pro, sorry Juno, the Junior, the Pro, the One, the Two. Those are the names of pedal train. <laughs> These guys have a logo, which is like an animal, like a weird drawn sort of heavy metal looking animal head Uh, as the logo for each different size. And then they are named. So they have their four pedal, their small four pedal series, which is called the Bongripus. The Bongripus. I'm not saying that right. like, Like a bong rip sure maybe that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> i guess that, that is it. um and then the eight pedal is the the tympanatus and then 12 is the umbilus 10 to 16 is the centrosaurus and then the dendragapus is 16 to 20 and then they do custom but even custom has its own logo which is some sort of chicken goat chicken Ten. goat head yeah which is weird. They're, they're all great. They all look like amazing pieces of flash. Yeah. You know, my, <laughs> that's exactly I, what they are. Yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, so those are those are how the boards are divvied out, and then you can click into each one and get a closer look. And oh, they look really good, really pro. Yeah, made. I mean, the thing is, like the the thing I really like about them is that they they're simple. Uh, the other thing is you you get different color choices. So most of it, you know, it'll be it's like multi layer laminate board. But yeah. then you also like wood board, like multi layer, um, just a laminate board. That's the same as saying multi layer, really, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but but then there's also colors you can get, like ringing them. So there's like reds and blues, burgundy, like white, black, and that's also a thing you don't really see that much. Like yeah. like almost all boards are just you either get tweed or some or some sort of like really hyper stylized board, or you get just black like it's yeah. it, black or you know some other like temple or some other um ones will have little end pieces but then yeah this just seems like a really really tasteful way to, to go oh here's a red board here's a here's a, a blue board which i would imagine if y- loads of people in your band have you have multiple pedal boards it's really nice to be able to do that to be able to communicate with someone who's not in your band to be like oh the red board needs you know that's the rooting for this and blah blah yeah yeah totally Uh, yeah it's really nice i mean the options options on there each one you can choose to have it flat or slanted there's also some cable connectivity options power supply and sockets um that you can customize and have custom fit to so you can choose your ins and outs and how they work and how they function on the side of each board which is very nice indeed i really like that they even have like a little bit down the bottom where they've got like artists playing that particular pedal board Mm. and in some cases i'm looking at the bongripus the the smaller board Mm. they're like oh here's this guy uh ron petsk and uh he oh Oh, is he actually from a band called Bong Ripper? <laughs> oh, well, no, no, that would make sense. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Okay, but uh, um, but he um, it has like little pictures of what his actual board is with that, which is very cool. Um, so, oh yeah, yeah. I I mean, I really, I really into, I'm really into these boards. I like them. I like the idea that you could do flat or slanted because I quite like a slanted board, but I know yeah. other people I played with prefer flat boards. Right. Um, and, you know, sort of, and you know, I, I don't know why, but, <laughs> but um, just because I want the real estate of, I, I don't need to see my power supply, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. they're fine. Um, yeah. I just, I'm really into these and I, Broadly, I sort of like setting the stage for the for all of our like accessory conversation is that one of the great things about accessories and things like this is that even the most expensive stuff we'll probably be talking about isn't wildly expensive. And it's right. the kind of stuff that you can treat yourself that makes everything else sort of it makes your life easier. It makes stuff better. The The fact that you could do a custom board with the routing that you do built into the board is one it's just tidy so if you're doing it at home or rehearsal or whatever but you know for a gig it's so much nicer to have mounted to the board you know like like sins and returns or you know whatever your ins and outs are so that it's just sturdier and it's it's customized to your current setup yeah. and it's it's just it's one of those things that it seems hard to justify when you're thinking i was like oh do i spend another you know like 20 quid trying to have this set up and it's like 
do it because it's it's just nicer. It's like all the stuff we'll talk about later, you know, too, is it's it's just it's good to do, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's, it's it's all the utility stuff matters. Isotope Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance are launching a whole bunch of super hot deals for the summer of sound sale. From now until the 6th of July 2023, Isotope are offering all their software for 50% or more off including the comprehensive mixing and mastering bundle Music Production Suite 5, as well as flagship tools like Ozone, RX, Neutron, and more. All things I use to edit this podcast. Visit isotope.com and check out the frankly colossal range of things that you can get at extraordinary prices. And take your mixing and editing to a whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. These pedal boards actually aren't that expensive. I mean, the eight pedal one, which I assume is probably the the most popular sort of size, um, the Timpanatrus, is mm. uh, is one hundred and fifty euro. Um, which is now these don't come with cases, so you'd have to go somewhere else, Swan Flight, somewhere mm. like that, and have something custom made to this size. So that's going to add another probably one hundred and fifty quid on uh on top of it which is a shame i wish they did flight cases of their own with it i think it's almost a, a missed opportunity there because i don't think people want to go to a separate company for a, for a case mm, yeah. um but but then i guess this way you can you know get the case that's right for you if you if you don't need a flight case you can you know get something made up a, a soft bag made up for it and that sort of thing so or you know there, there are options anyway but yeah but nonetheless Really cool. Really like the look of Rolf pedal boards, and I love that they've made customization a part of their standard line without having to look into fully custom pedal board companies, who are also fantastic, like Alder and Ash, great pedal board company. Um, but of course, you're building everything from scratch with them, so the price tag is, <laughs> you know, in line with a, a completely custom made pedal board. I really like that these are very affordable and. Um, you get to do a bunch of customizations with them. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, just to say quickly about their custom bit, is that they basically have. So it's the the on the slanted ones for sh- at least that I was looking at. They have sort of the rails, like the framing for it, and then you can basically get whatever custom size top you want right. on it as well. So you can really you could really change the the sort of floor real estate you know, uh, uh, what size you wanted with that. And it seems like for them, that makes it pretty modular so that it's not, you know, it's, it's not three times the money just because, you know, like they they don't have to retool everything or it doesn't have to be completely, completely from scratch, you know, like it's, it's like, Oh, we have the pieces. What do you need? We can help. There you go. Yeah. So I'm really, plus, I mean, they do look rad. I love their little logo. Um, like the little like plate they have on the back of the boards, like a little metal plate that just says Rolf with the um, that like animal head <laughs> logo, and it's like that's that's a unique a unique thing. Again, you know, like what we're talking about, like pedal train looks great, but the pedal train logo also looks like yeah, it's it's ninety two or yeah, something. You know, like, like in line with like uh, PV and Carlsbro. Yeah, <laughs> sort of, yeah, uh, like very like this is this is good well-made high quality you're not paying for marketing 
No, you know? we invested in a logo <laughs> yeah. in 1982, and yeah. we're going to keep it. Yeah, yeah. very Voodoo Labs. The, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pedal train. Um, but yeah, okay. So do check them out, dear listener. Rolf Pedalboards. I think I've talked myself into it. I might actually reach okay, out. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to get one too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! What have we done? Yeah, well, why, why do we do this show every time? Every time it's like, well, there's eight more things I got. So <laughs> exactly. Okay. So next topic, uh, JD. You can choose. We can do cables or cases because I know you've got stuff to say about. Oh, let's let's do cases because I okay. I this came up this came up uh, the other day. Someone. Um, outside this group, uh, um, someone asked on Facebook about like flying with cases. So I, I oh, went yeah. back down a, a case rabbit hole. Um, you, and... You're actually going to educate me here because you oh, said yeah. this just before we started recording. You said what it was, and I was like, I've never heard of that. What is? Yeah, that? yeah. So my my favorite case um, is the Groove Gear capsule, and so I'll give you a chance to look that. So capsule with a K K A P S U L E. Right, uh, and so I, I was going to get these. So initially, Groove Gear, uh, who's a great company, uh, Southern California, do loads of great stuff. Uh, bags. We've talked about the um, the mute they do and like the fret wrap. Um, oh, of the course, fret wrap yeah. fame. Um, but like I, I have some of their. Uh, like I have one of the. They have a very large um, sort of backpack rucksack bag that's great that you can basically take out all the internal structure um within it so that's actually what i took uh when i did that gig a little while ago with um i took the small stonefield cabinet and the ashdown ant both of which and you know cables and all the other leads and stuff i needed all fit in this one backpack so i was just right just me on on the train with with a a, a gig bag and like a, a backpack and um did a reasonable gig so that's cool um yeah yeah so i highly recommend their stuff uh but the capsule is great because it's to me it's the best i've seen to date of the sort of hybrid gig bag stroke hard case in that it's it's basically a polycarbonate abs shell case but it's got uh backpack straps it's got uh wheels that you can attach to it it's fully flight worthy uh in that i would have no qualms checking this you know putting it in the hold or anything because because of the abs shell the internal padding's great um groove gear especially does they spend a lot of time on the actual design of things so it looks cool but it's also hugely functional um they're all like everyone I've ever met from Groove Gear are all musicians as well so you know right. it's a real we love and i think I think this is right. Jay, um, I think he's the president of the company or whatever title it would be. He he plays like a scold um bass. So like um so you know, uh, odd shape, custom, you know, like a very, very high end bass. They're great basses too. Um, but it's it's a thing and um the capsule fits I tried it at NAM well, last one I went to, I was like it's twenty 20 nam uh i took uh i took my stonefield over and it fits in the capsule just fine which i've always had to modify every other case besides the stonefield right. case they are long yeah they're long and the bodies are so thick um yeah. that's the wide. thing that was, yeah thick and wide. wide and yeah and so the other case i have now is the skb i series which is it's just massive so the i series is the one that um is you know, waterproof, basically it's, um, 
pressure it's 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 airtight so that so if you fly with it the pressure never doesn't change right. uh, inside the case it's so there's there's lots of that the thing is i found here that case itself is heavy ass right. and um it doesn't fit in a lot of cars uh here so <laughs> i like it won't fit it won't fit in boots and stuff if i'm if i'm out on town which basically means it's it's a bit worthless you know to me at the moment you know it's got and it's got built-in casters and everything so great but they're like trolley wheels but the capsule is it's just it's i really love the the designs of being able to like the versatility of having a good case and i love i love my mono bags you know like the i the vertigo is the one i use a lot and i i've flown with those plenty but this this is really the thing with like uh, a sturdy gig bag like that is that they're just not crush re- you know the, the crush resistance isn't as yeah. high with the polycarbonate shell and everything on the capsule it's just you can get so much so much else in there the other thing about the capsule case is they they have uh internal compartments you can customize a bit of these as well so oh, you can, can get, you? D- that- yeah so, so you can get different um like basically what you can do the, the idea behind it is there's sort of a layer on top of the of your guitar or bass where you can fit other things and so the idea is that like if you're doing like a fly date you can pack a couple days worth of clothes your leads a small head like they they show it i think in some of the videos or saying with like one like a phil jones base right. head yeah. or something in in with everything else and there's there's padding in between because that's the other thing you get with a lot of gig bags is there's not, you know, technically there's a front pocket, but if you're chucking in pedals and, or what, you know, like a, a head or something, that's just smashing against your strings and bridge and everything. Cause there's usually not padding between the two, but it's, you know, and, and, you know, they make, they make single and double versions of oh, this f- in guitar oh, and bass. So, so you can do a double bass thing is they're pricey. Um, yeah. I mean, the one, just the basic capsule is yeah. 399 US dollars. Yeah. I I would say though they are they are that they are the case I would go with, and I'm also not scared away because I I've in various points in my life I've dealt with like band instruments and right. a band as in you know like orchestral instruments and yeah. like and like like double bass cases are like three to four grand sometimes <laughs> you know and so you're just kind of like okay well that's fine um, but these I mean the thing the thing i really love about these like the capsule is it is that it's got it's got wheels it's got backpack straps and it's and um i don't know if you've seen this before too but the groove gear also came out with the gig blade do you remember those like those gig bags no i do not so is is that current line yeah um they may still do them i think I, i i mean everything feels very um very capsule focused right but the, yes the, 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 yeah so the the gig blade was um oh yes i see the yeah gig blade i mean i've accidentally found the ukulele gig blade oh but, wow uh, that seems silly um but <laughs> <laughs> oh yes no, here we are i found the the bass ones uh the guitar ones certainly 119 dollars they seem good yeah yeah there i i had one of the early I think the Gen One gig blades, and right. so the the idea behind these is that they um, they sort of meant for side carry, 
more so than than a, just a, like flat across your back. Like right. all gig all gig bags have backpack straps, right? So you, they, everything sits against your back. The idea with the gig blade was that all the weight is towards the bottom, so you put it on a shoulder strap, and it's the whole case is designed to hold a bass or a guitar in a certain way, so that uh-huh. um, it sort of trails behind you, you know, like so you're basically wearing it, you know, off one shoulder kind of thing but it it, what it means is that it doesn't take up that much space so if you're trying to navigate you know trains or subways or you're trying to get on a flight without it looking like you have a a massive thing that raises alarms for everybody then it just sort of you're just like oh just carry this on no big deal and yeah they're they're really cool uh i i like them a lot they i would say comparable to like a lot of the mono stuff yeah, the, yeah, it, it very much looks that way, doesn't it? It's that same sort of robust. This will get you out of ninety percent of the situations you need. You, you'll end up in. Yeah. Case. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're great. That's you know, I had one up until I sold the base that I kept in it before right. I moved. So then <laughs> I was like, hey, just take this too, because I, I don't have room for more cases than, <laughs> uh, than bases I have. So. I uh, I found uh, I I don't ever look at GrooveGear.com, yeah. which is what I'm on now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know why the brand gets overlooked a little bit for me. Probably just because I love mono, mm. and, and I think obviously mono do a, a similar range of stuff. But I was just looking at their straps, just looking oh, yeah, at the yeah. Groove Gear straps, and they do a duo strap, dear yeah. listener, which is a strap designed to go over both shoulders yeah so you i assume you'd have to fit an extra pin in your guitar about halfway down your guitar but it basically looks like you're wearing i don't like a some sort of life vest <laughs> yeah so it, that's um so damien erskine is a phenomenal bass player um he i think it's one of those is like it's sort of his signature strap was like uh, probably yeah. the first one they've done and yeah so you you do put a new uh there's a different like a single strap button on like you you add an additional strap on right. but it's it's meant to like basically you put the weight over both shoulders so instead of having the base always on you know for me my left shoulder the straps you know the weight's always there you you sort of more evenly distribute it so it for me it you know it's it's a very ergonomic focused thing as opposed to you know i i don't know that i do it if i was shooting a video you know but you know if i if i had a a you know six hour rehearsal day or something like that you'd be like yeah that was fair enough i suppose (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i mean the rest sorry go on oh no i was gonna say i'm gonna uh did i put a link to this in the show notes um oh yeah yeah if you look um Look, I put a link to another strap, which is the, uh, which is a, um, is the Etsy link. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an Etsy link. So it's it's uh, what is was it? Single. I'll I'll look see what their name is. But it, basically, it's the Steve Albini strap. Oh um, yes, yeah. <laughs> the belt buckle. Yeah, the ones that like go around. So you're just, so you just the basically it's just a belt that wraps around your waist and then attaches to the guitar as well. Although on this one, it has, it has two strap buttons in the photo as well. I didn't clock that. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So I was just like, that's, that's the other, I was wanted to talk about <laughs> like the, the dual shoulder straps, but then also it's just like, what are the different strap options that, <laughs> that exist today? Not even just different brands. Cause we'll talk about mono and, you know, 
um, couch and ride on for days. But yeah, you know, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, actually, looking at sort of the standard straps that Groove Gear do, they're really nice. I was looking at their solo yeah. strap Neo, and I was like, oh, it's going to be leather, but it says faux leather. Um, yeah, they. So I think it, it's actually uh, fine. You know, yeah, so. they, they, yeah, they. I haven't, I haven't really checked out any of their like sort of newer like newer to me strap. So it's only just been the the ones I've seen um, before, but uh, yeah, like I, I mean, all their stuff I, I really like, it's really high quality. Also just when you said faux leather, I learned this recently that pleather in the industry is called bio leather now. Right. So like, so like plasticized, like, so I was, I was looking for new headphone uh, ear cups to, oh, yeah. to replace some of the ones I have. And then I kept finding all these things were like bio leather. And I was like, what, what is oh, this bio leather? Bio and leather it's like, still sounds like it's a real leather, but yeah, it's actually not, okay, yeah. that's good to know. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, Oh, bio leather just means, you know, biological leather, I suppose. And it's like, well, <laughs> but aren't, isn't uh, anyway, um, not, not for, not for us. Um, but the other thing, just whilst we're here on the groove gear, um, tangent is that they also do a, a Veloc like this drum series um, right. so it's basically individual like padded cases for drums but one of the things Groove Gear kind of started with was was different sort of carting options so like making like utility carts for loading drums wow. they have they have this are you see so the Veloc the drum transport the, the Veloc yeah. drum transport yeah yeah wow. so it's basically you can have your kick snare toms everything in their own cases it all slides onto a specific <laughs> a specific trolley basically with all your stuff and so it's and it's all maneuverable like one hand maneuverability so you know, if it's just, the, it's the thing that makes me want to get it or get it for my drummer friends, just because it, it <laughs> seems so cool. And I just, uh, just it looks, imagine, it, uh, imagine turning up to a gig with like all your stuff in one trip, you know, <laughs> like, I love, this would be so good. It looks, it makes everything look so easy. Uh, our drummer, uh, the, the drummer in Polymath, despite the fact that he has a very nice, like Yamaha, um, oh, damn got the name of the kit doesn't oh, matter just say Yamaha <laughs> drum drum kit that's the one. <laughs> drum kit yes he's got a, a really lovely like custom finished gorgeous Yamaha kit and he still has the same uh hard cases from flight cases from you know like his first flight cases that he got and some of them don't even fit right because he's changed mm-hmm. tom sizes so he has like a he has some polystyrene in a Tesco bag that pads out one of yeah. them. The handles Classic. have snapped off them, and he's sort of tied bits of string on. It's always an effort to bring the kit in and out. It's a lovely kit when you get in there, but it's like, why don't you just buy buy some new hard cases? Throw these away. I, I'm immediately sending him yeah. this link, because this Veloc Drum Transport, dear listener, this this is absolute drum porn. This is transport yeah. gear transport porn right there. That, yeah. that it would make me want to bring the drum yeah. kit to a venue. Yeah, oh, it, it's I I've had sort of forgotten about it because I I almost bought some drummer friends of mine just just, just like a, a like a get, get them hooked on one of the cases. He'd be like, oh, you got a new snare? Here's a snare case for your birthday. You know, or something <laughs> like, like oh, you should just do this whole thing. But it is yeah, it's very cool. It's also the thing. Again, calling back to the the idea of like not getting new cases and just like making do with stuff. It's like, but it it makes everything else so much nicer and easier. And yeah. I, I used to play. It, so many drummers I play with now still have whatever weird 
duffel bag for all their hardware <laughs> that they've had surely since they were in school, you know, yeah. like it's all it's like, oh, it smells, it smells like when you could still smoke in pubs, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, weird, beery, vomity stink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we all know that smell. I, you know, I think I'm gonna get one of these Groove Gear Solo Strap Neos. You can yeah, get them I, four inch, four inch XL or two and a half. The, the four inch looks great. It's wide enough. It's faux leather, so it's good. It goes as short as 38 inches, which is what I need. Uh, it's 38, mm. so that's great. So many things don't. So many things like the shortest they go to now is like 42, which is very annoying. But uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I was just looking at the the fabric like f-a-b-r-k fabric strap so i think uh-huh. yeah i'm gonna look in look into that yeah it says vegan friendly faux leather tips great yeah. wow wonderful great. that's exactly yeah. what we want more brands doing that sort of thing because it's real real simple you just can sell more because mm. everyone who doesn't care can still buy your strap and enjoy it but it means that we can mm. also buy straps and jd and i buy a lot of straps yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we buy a lot of basses a lot of guitars a lot of straps because you got to have it's the thing I always forget is they, you get to get a new strap every time you buy a new guitar. Even though I have plenty of straps for, yeah. <laughs> I have more straps than guitars I own. But yeah. <laughs> what's your what's, what would you say is your main strap, JD? Um, I've got a I've got a really nice couch that I yeah. like. That's um, for stone food. What do I? The other the other two I'm sort of using kind of now. Um, yeah, um, I've been trying new brands uh, that I've seen. So I got one. It's like a, it's like a, that eco. It's a Brazilian strap called Eco. Right. Um, I think I think that's the one. Yeah, um, I got that. And then there's oh, there's another like, yeah, one I got that's got like cork ends, sort of like I go on later. And I got a Coco guitar straps on the Bronco that I had made. So the other thing, just oh yes, that was lovely. Uh, that was. Yeah, just about with the other thing with accessories. I think about this too. Is that like. It's one of those places where you really can go for smaller brands. Like for sure, you can go, you know, the Fender straps are classics for a reason. Ernie Ball straps, classics for a reason. You know, they're they're all there. They're great. It's they're useful. But it's if you really want something to like stand out a bit or something personalized or something that's that's just really comfy or can fit your specific need, you I mean, less than a hundred bucks usually you can get. You can get whatever strap you need, you know, yeah. and and like that's that's a reasonable birthday, you know, gift. It's a gift to yourself, and it's just, you know, t- uh, nice stuff's worth it, r- whether or not you can get a seventeen dollar, you know, like like yeah. like just mesh strap or something. But yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you're worth it, dear listener. Yeah, yeah. treat your treat yourself, as they say. <laughs> uh. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm actually I'm using the right on. They released this basic range. Oh yeah, yeah. They're so good. So I got their cream, uh, it's the cream basic beige. I don't know why it says cream and beige in the same thing. I, I'm not entirely sure what's happening there, but it's just a dead simple, like woven cream. It looks like it's thick stitching, so it looks very premium. But I think I can't remember how much it was. Like less than twenty pounds. Yeah, it's just five centimeters wide, dead simple. It doesn't have any of the little pick holders it built into the strap button, which they uh, or strap end thing um like they do on most of their uh, straps which is very useful uh but so it's it's just you know the absolute basic but it's so good like in comparison to 
any other company doing a basic strap, this is a million times better. It's mm. it's thick and substantial, and it has proper like metal uh, sort of hooks where the strap ends are attached, and a really uh, a substantial buckle to adjust the strap height. I know that seems so <laughs> so silly, no. dear listener, but like rather than it being a plastic adjuster on a cheap strap which is going to snap at some point it's yeah. just it's it's one of those straps where i've put it on my favorite p base it's there it's you know in the band lock up on the, my p base that i'll use for all the polymath shows and i just know that strap's gonna last for years and years and always be great and look cool yeah i i mean i looking at these now i'm, I'm probably going to get one of these um <laughs> i don't know if that's going to be in addition but i because I, I i have a couple right on straps that i like i the thing i find the thing i don't like about them is that the other ones have sort of incremental adjustability right yeah, so like where yeah. you, you you screw you, you know you sort of like unscrew and rescrew in for um to, to the other connecting piece of the strap so that it's which is great if that's like once you have it it's always there yeah but i really like the the easy adjustability of just kind of regular you know these basic straps so yeah like there's i mean great they're great quality they always look cool you know like there's loads of options that aren't just you know sort of standard standard boring straps out there so yeah yeah, and also, you know, I, I none of my straps are garish either. You know, like I don't have like the big like, you know, I don't have lightning bolts and stuff. But <laughs> it is yeah. it is nice, you know, to have a, a strap that's just something a bit better than like, you know, you know seatbelt weave. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't stand the seatbelt weave. I've uh, I've only re- re- recently realized what it is. I've never been able to do the seatbelt ones, and I've always been like, why would anyone use them? They cut my neck. Yeah, and I've recently realised from actually just looking at more closely at the way most people play guitar is uh, that I pull pull my guitar across, so almost yeah. the neck is in front of me, and I pull it so far across that the the strap is smashing right into the side of my neck, and I've never realised that. I tried to play differently like move my guitar into mm. a normal position i was it felt really uncomfortable so i think it's just locked into me now to do that but because the strap is always going to be up against the neck and i wear it so high in the first place it's got to be a, a nice soft material yeah i mean the other the other thing i just noticed i'm i think that's the thing is like you we all sort of play differently even though it seems like a strap should be such a an integral part of what it is yeah. but Clearly, I think the thing is like there are now new ideas coming in, like the the dual strap or the yeah. you know the the belt strap. It's like we don't all have to do like just because we did it one way, you know, seventy years ago doesn't mean that it has to be. We should still be doing it that way. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed is that uh, right on they uh, they have a whole like bright and black, bright and brown. So I'm yeah. I'm presuming they're you know. They know this is for us, really. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those straps look great, actually. They, they're yeah. uh, the, the bright and black and the bright and brown strap from on on right rightonstraps.com, dear listener. Check them out. They are they're four centimeter wide, so a, a little thinner because I think five is standard. I'm not I'm not entirely mm. sure. Um, a little bit thinner, and they're like a gorgeous, yeah, sort of mottled black and cream or brown and cream weave with a nice little pick holder built into the strap tips really nice really good and yeah. really affordable 
Yeah, I'm really, I'm really into this. I, I hadn't, I hadn't fully clocked this, this series because I always, they're, they're always one of the ones I look at, but I just hadn't, I hadn't, because I haven't been looking for straps recently. Yeah, I, I didn't notice them at all on right on's website. They're kind of buried uh, amongst a lot mm. of the other things there. But it was um, that James's home of tone who stock right on uh, straps yeah. in the UK, dear listener. They're absolutely where you should be buying them in, if you are in the UK. Uh, he got some in, and um, I, I, well, I was at a guitar show uh, and and, uh, and saw them. So made my uh, yeah. always try and purchase something from james at a guitar show because uh he's so cool and his shop is full of such wonderful brands yeah oh i'm um, yeah i was just looking at some of the sorry not to just keep going but like the the go series are the ones i think right is that what they're called um they have so many so many absolutely incredible designs yeah out here you know they really really cool really cool straps I think, yeah. yeah. They also so, have a dual strap. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into that. I might get a dual strap just to just, <laughs> just review to have it. a dual strap. It, yeah. it might partially. I'm thinking about it now because I, I slept poorly and, and now <laughs> and my, my, I can't turn my neck fully. So I'm just like, oh, maybe, maybe I need to have a dual strap just in case for these bad days where I don't want to put more weight on. on Oh yeah, I I got one at some point in the past, a, a Didario one that mm. um, it still just went onto your normal strap pins you didn't have to drill anything extra but it had a part of the strap that sat over each shoulder yeah and i think uh and it but it wasn't very good it was yeah. it was a seatbelt material it was it was a cheaply done thing it didn't really do what i hoped it would do but i think i bought it because um jack white had played uh one of the big uk festivals with the raconteurs and he had a like a double strap mm-hmm. um for that and it was it was incredibly cool rather than just taking the guitar off he had to unclip the guitar yeah and then he could have a new guitar given to him to clip onto the existing strap so the strap always stayed on it was like it was like a gun shoulder holster style yeah, thing. It was, yeah. Uh, incredibly cool i've no idea what yeah. it was and i sort of hunted for something similar for a few months afterwards I like the idea of having like a harness where you just clip yeah. on one of, <laughs> yeah. one, of, one of my my first sort of strap lock kind of things I had on on an old Fender MB5, I think, wow. um, going way back. Uh, I think it was DiMarzio had it's basically you screwed in. It was a little piece of seatbelt material that then had like clips that you get on like hiking backpacks or something like that. Oh, right. And yeah. then so the strap you clipped into that. So it was it was. It was cool, except if you didn't have a strap, you had these two little like dangly, yeah. dangly little things like like you have a hiking backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I still see those loads because I think Dodario do do that sort of concept now. I think it's mm. popular with metal guys, with techie guys. It's like that sort of uh, uh, if you like Strandbergs and laptops, uh, then you know you probably own this strap sort of thing. It's uh, God, that was so that was so passive aggressive of me. It? <laughs> no, it's a, but yeah, it seems like a great idea. It's just it's a very modern look, isn't it? Having a having a, a yeah, a hiking I mean, backpack clip on your guitar. I think we can say of the four hundred listeners who filled out a survey to win a Chapman guitar thus far, uh, no one put down Strambergy headless. <laughs> you know, like at, attaches to you intravenously or yeah. something so uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. exactly well anyway that um that does in fact dear listener bring us to the end of this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast 
We haven't done picks, cables, patch cables, power supplies, tools, or other or strings. So we've got loads more to do. We might, we're probably going to cover more of that in the Patreon. I know I said we'd do uh, gear of the year, but I think we're you know we're kind of we're in it now. So we're uh, we're going to head over there and talk about that. Do join us, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. If you head over to that website, it gives you information on how to sign up. You can be a part of this community for as little as a dollar a month. There is a five and a ten dollar tier that get you different uh things <laughs> essentially so check it out do um do join us there and thanks very much for listening we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery farewell goodbye Thank you very much everyone for listening to this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast thank you to our top tier patreon backers for your constant support and making it possible for us to continue doing this podcast thank you to rocket rob patterson marcus deluxe dorsonic pickups rob witherden chris franklin anton fryant russ Meehan, barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker Jorin Brown, John Conaway, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einzer, Mark Hizal Kadawaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Morton, James Storr, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, the wonderful Moog Gravit. 